0: All right, welcome back to the big program. Time now for On the Mark, fueled by Booster Juice. Download the new Booster Juice Rewards app today to start earning berry points for delicious and nutritious smoothies, drinks, and food that will get you through the day. As we welcome in Mark Specter from Rogers SportsNet. Good morning, big spec.
1: Flying solo today, Kev, I see. Huh? What the heck? Well I'm confident these days.
0: What what do you mean? I don't flying solo. Yeah.
1: Usually you got a host in there in the mornings.
0: Well, on oh, host. Uh, well, we have on Thursdays Laddie's in at eight, right? Tuesdays yeah, Grant. Well, on Monday, yeah, Lorian's not- Monday. But see, here's Yo. the difference, Spec. You're you're still on Western. You're on PT time. Thinking last Tuesday when we were on with Grant.
1: Yes, that's right. See, he, comes, he doesn't come out till
0: nine. He, Grant's nine to eleven. Yeah, just because with uh, because he's PT, right? Ah. Or is he not? Yeah, he's see. PT. Yeah. So he's he's a little different than you.
1: Darn time zones.
0: I can't I honestly I have a tough time and I have problems with the with Vegas and Phoenix a lot of the times. I'm always and
1: Saskatchewan. I,
0: well, I'm used to that already, Spec. <laughs>
1: I never know what the hell one Saskatchewan is cuz you, you, it's you guys it's an hour are like more loyal to your cows than your <laughs> clocks,
0: right? <laughs> well, we could get into that. That's going to be a long conversation <laughs> one day. But if you think about it, the the hour time difference from where, you know, my part of Saskatchewan is in Melville area and in the summertime when you when the, when the clocks are the same, you're looking at the difference between melville area and edmonton kind of northern northwest alberta a massive difference in the time you know like at night we, we're we here in june it's 11 o'clock and we still got light yep so it's the same time there so obviously it's way darker at that time and then thus way i mean at three thirty in the morning it's bright out in in the in, yeah, like in june that.
1: i'm kind of looking forward to that
0: yeah but no in saskatchewan not here Am I making any sense, Beck? Not really. Well, but you never do. <laughs> well, at least I know it's. At least I know where the sun's rising, man.
1: Look, I didn't sign on here to talk about milking cycles, pal. Let's talk sports. For okay. Sake.
0: You know what? You, I think you, I think the two of us should head out to the Duke's farm in Delburn and we'll see what it's all about.
1: Yeah, yeah, Yeah. well...
0: How's tomorrow sound? (laughs) Not quite. (laughs) Not quite. I'm busy
1: all the tomorrows. (laughs) Yes.
0: So, Oilers in Detroit tonight, uh, just an overall... uh, I mean, is this a minor little funk that the Oilers are in, or are we just too spoiled from a 16-game winning streak, or what?
1: Well, it's a predictable funk. When you win all the games in a row, what's going to happen next? You're going to lose a couple, so... That part's not bad. you got to lose a couple games, but you have to right your ship and get playing better. It's it's less, you know, this is what the coaches will always tell you, and I'm afraid they're right. It's less about the win and the loss and the result. It's how you play. If you if the Oilers, they got a good team. If they play well and they do all the things they're trying to do, they're going to win, you know, a, a good Oilers performance is going to win three nights out of four because mm-hmm. they're a good team. If you're... Buffalo you can play really well and you can lose a few cuz they're not as good but Eminence good. So they got to find their process, they got to find the game. Whatever it was they were doing particularly defensively over those 16 games, start rolling that out again and the wins are going to follow.
0: So defense pairings will be back to what it was before this kind of little uh, I don't know if yeah, you want to call it experiment apparently we will see that tonight. What are your thoughts on the switch back again? Well,
1: I tried. Listen, this is just a coach trying something, right? You know, I get it. You waited till the win streak was over before you tried to mix things up. Inevitably, the they're, you know, they didn't play as well with that. You know, they lost a couple games, and now you go, hmm, maybe I shouldn't have done that. So, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't mind a coach that tries some stuff. Yeah, you know, I was a, I'm for the move. I was for the move. You go back; it's no big deal that they didn't. You know, this isn't rocket science. They go back to playing with each other. They're going to remember how in the first
0: mm-hmm. shift. And it's options. Now you go down the road and you go, if you ever have to make that move again, you go, well, I'm a little more comfortable with it.
1: Well, I think so. I think he learned a couple of things. They broke up home and Bouchard and they didn't like it right away. So they went back together. Yeah. So, but I think they thought that, uh, I'm not sure what they, I'd like to find out what they thought of RNA playing with Nurse. Maybe the next injury, that becomes an option, and you say, okay, we did this before. So, I'm a firm believer in that. It's You mix your forward lines up all the time, right? Why do we never mix up our defensive pairings for the same reason?
0: Mark Spector with us on Sports 1440 on the mark for Booster Juice. And it appears that Sam Gagne will draw back into the lineup. What do you make of that small little change?
1: We have to keep the player engaged. Like, you know, like Sam gets it. He signed on here. He knew he wasn't playing 82 games, you know. Yep. And Knockwood, the orders have been fairly injury-free. So guys like Sam Gagne, when they get out, they can't get back in, especially when they're winning. Um, but hes the, you got to play the guy at some point. You can't just leave him in the press box forever. And it should be noted that when Sam Gagné plays, he's been ex- incredibly productive for a guy getting his minutes in his role. So he deserves to play, and you know what? Let's get him in here. And, and like You can't just left, leave the guy in the press box mm-hmm. forever. You're paying him as a hockey player. Once in a while, he's got to play hockey, no?
0: Could have been either <laughs> Connor Brown coming out too.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah, I don't know uh it's it's funny like at some point it will be Connor Brown. Mm-hmm. You know, at some point he's his the clock's ticking on Connor Brown pretty hard here. So, uh you know what, Janmark sits the game out,s not going to kill him. I'm not I mean whatever, but yeah, it can't be everybody but Connor Brown. I think he's pretty much the next guy in line, isn't
0: he? That's what I said. It's like a, it was almost like a coin toss to be honest with you because they have both offered about the same amount. Uh, generating offense but being very, very good penalty killing. So now Ryan McLeod will have to step into a little more of a, a penalty kill role uh, for the Oilers when Jan Mark's not in the lineup because uh, that's the just uh, kind of the next progression. Uh, Mark Spector with us in Sports 1440. So, Speck, the one player I wanted to ask you about was Dylan Holloway. So we all, uh-huh. know, we all know his situation with injuries in and out of the lineup, missed extended time. Where are you with this guy who's still obviously trying to find his way, his game?
1: Yeah, yeah it, this is a hard time in the life of Dylan Holloway, like for us observers. We all look at the player and we think, you know, when he's a finished product, there's going to be a good player there. He's got every skill that you want to see, right? But he's got to get games under his belt and he's got to learn – A lot of things he's he's he skates around really fast but i don't think he ever seems to know exactly where he's going right you know he's he reminds me of a young taylor hall who just remember how he used to get Mm -hmm. cranked all the time taylor hall because he never really had a plan out there he just every every shift was a time to to go as fast as he could uh and taylor hall grew out of that and turned into obviously a very good player holloway he's he's got a lot of growing to do. There's a lot of there's a lot of in my opinion, I don't see a, a smart player yet. I'm not saying he's a dumb guy. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying he's not a smart player. Uh I don't see a guy that that has much gamesmanship at this point. Uh all the things that guys learn over the course of playing, he's still going to learn a lot of them, but he'll never learn it in the press box. No. And he won't learn it in the minors. So you got to play him You got to play him and he's got to learn, and you got to go through the video with this guy and you got to show him how to be a smarter player. And, you know, sometimes less is more. Every shift doesn't have to be at 500 miles an hour, right? Sometimes Mm -hmm. you got to have some timing here. He's got to learn all that stuff, and hopefully he'll learn it, you know, as the season goes on here. What do you think?
0: Uh, Well, uh, I'm looking at it in the the sense where he's coming up to one complete season, you know, of, of National Hockey League. Experience. He's only 22 years old. He's That's the key here. He's only 22, yep. so he is definitely still finding his way. At this point, he has to make sure that he is uh, so well-rounded and so in tune defensively because the offense still isn't coming for him yet. Um, it's almost, I, I liken him to, and I'm not making this comparison, but we saw it with so many players over the years where they get to a certain stage of their development where they go, I'm not getting the opportunities obviously on the power play. I'm not getting them in a top 6 sense. So I have to make sure I can contribute other ways. I E and Andrew Cogliano. Now I'm not comparing the two spec yep. but but we're we're seeing things where if you're not banging down the door and creating and generating offensive scoring chances, that's what happens to many many players in the NHL. So in my my point when you ask me I think he I think the offense is there because he has a lot of talent but he has to bang down the door here at some point or else people are starting going to go like in management are going to go we might have to turn you into a different player than what we envisioned How's that sound
1: Yeah that's fair I mean he's only played in the 70s his game 75 games or something 72 and they've been split over a bunch of time, and a bunch of those games, Woodcroft had them, was playing them, you know, barely playing them, like playing four minutes a night. I don't even count that game in development developmental terms, because you can't develop playing five minutes. Uh, so he's never, you know, he needs to A, stay healthy and get some reps in a row. He can't. no one can develop when you play 20 games and then sit out a month and play 20 games and sit out three months. And that's how his career has gone. So listen, it's just time we've watched young players Mm -hmm. all for all these years. It's just time. You're right about the defensive part. I mean, if you're not going to produce offensively, you better not be hemorrhaging chances or you will come out of the lineup. Mm -hmm. And I don't think he's terrible defensively. He's all right. That line's not getting caved in. They've only been together for a couple of games. So we just have to have patience. I think th- this team's good enough that you can afford some patience for that player. And, you know, we like the looks of McLeod between Fogel and Holloway. It's got all the checks, all the boxes of a really good third line that can help in the playoffs. And they got about, a, you know, they got about, what do we got, 30-some games left mm-hmm. to figure it out between them. Uh, that player just has to keep the puck out of his own net and, and just be patient. It'll happen for Holloway. I mm-hmm. think it will. I don't think we're looking at Cogliano
0: here, Kev. Not. I, I wasn't so, comparing the two, but I'm saying, yeah, you know, know there's I a know. progression, right? You, you Sometimes you have to go, okay, well, what do we got here? You know, so. Yeah, you got
1: to be patient. Yeah. You know, they were, listen, they were very patient. They've been patient with some rookies and it turned out, and you're patient with other rookies and it doesn't. You know, and and I guess if we're having this conversation a year from now, now we're gonna it's gonna be a different conversation. Mm-hmm. But Holloway hasn't played enough, and he's never played with the top players. He's not, you know, you never see him playing with Settle and McDavid when we're talking about offensive numbers. He's always doing it in the bottom six. So give him some time; mm-hmm. he should come around.
0: I agree. Uh, quick comment on tonight. Uh, anyone on Detroit that you're looking forward to keep kind of keeping in, keeping an eye on tonight?
1: Well, I always like to see Patrick Kane. I'm happy that he's back in the lineup. Uh, you know, he's still for a guy his age and that's accomplished all the things he's accomplished. The other guy to keep an eye on is um, um, I always like David Perron. I don't. I think Detroit's too good a team. I don't think they're going to be a seller. They've been out of it for too long to give up mm-hmm. on the season by trading away a guy like a Perron. That I hear his name connected to Edmonton a little bit. Uh, I don't think they'll be trading guys off. I think it's time for them to try to make a playoff run there. So. Uh, This is not a bad team. Look out east, Kev. They're right there. Buffalo's been rebuilding forever. They're not getting anywhere. (laughs) Ottawa's been rebuilding forever. They're not getting anywhere. Detroit's been rebuilding forever. I think they're finally getting somewhere, aren't they?
0: I get it too, yeah. Hey, thanks, Beck. We'll see you down at the rink later. Well, I'll be down there this afternoon, but also tonight. See you later. All right, sounds good. Okay, bud, that's Mark Spector on the mark. Energized by Booster Juice. Get the boost you need at Booster Juice when we come back. Frank Cerevalli from the Daily Face-Off and our Mr. Reuter headliner of the day on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. Uh, We're just waiting to hook up with Frank Cerevalli. And yes, Frank has entered the broadcast window. So... Time now for our headliner of the day brought to you by Mr. Rooter. At Mr. Rooter, they only employ the finest organic grain fed free range plumbers. For all your plumbing needs, go to mister Good morning, Frank Saravali from the Daily Face Off. How are you today, Frank? I'm pretty good, Kevin. How are you? Yeah, it's been a busy show already. We've got, uh, we've had a little bit of a preview of tonight's uh, Oilers and Red Wings game. We just had spec on. We've got, you know who we have coming up at 10 o'clock with our co-host Grant Fear is Jason Zubak, Frank. Do you know who that is? I don't. He's, he's a five-time world long drive champion in golf. So he's from Alberta area here. He's I think he went to U of A years ago.
2: I could use some tips on oh. him. I think.
0: Well, I mean, if you if you check him out, he looks more like a well between a defensive end and a linebacker. He's just ripped. He's probably mm-hmm. about fifty three, fifty four years old or five. But he, probably
2: he, one thing I'm missing in my game.
0: <laughs> that kind <laughs> the of only like, thing the only thing ripping power.
2: is my shirt or my pants.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but uh, he's just a powerful guy, and I mean, you've watched those long drive things, and you see how hard those guys swing and, and things like that. So
2: it's uh, it's all science. It's crazy. Like it's all club speed, ball mm-hmm. speed. It's yeah. it's a pure math equation.
0: It, it is, and but he's a big guy, and then the other we've got a guy from up north here too. Frank, his name is Jamie Sedlowski from Saint Paul, just north of Edmonton. He's won it as well, and he's like a, a rail. It's just unbelievable the differences, as you said, technique, power, That's- timing, speed, everything.
2: I don't know about you, but that's not the uh, <laughs> that's not the facet to my game. That, no, <laughs> that makes that makes me a decent golfer.
0: Well, we're, we'll get together one of these days or years to have a golf yep. game and somehow, and we'll have a a couple of pops and and enjoy it. So It'd be awesome. You know, I, I we were talking off the top of the show. I don't recall a, a a possible suspension coming up to a player like Morgan Riley. What he will face today, getting as much coverage because it is Toronto, because it's the Leafs. Blah blah blah. Uh, that, oh,
2: so you're buying into the Sheldon Keith narrative?
0: Uh, well, I don't know if I'm buying. No, I, I don't know if I'm buying into that narrative. I'm just saying it, like you know, watching all the sports shows yesterday because obviously Super Bowl Sunday was a big thing and it happened Saturday night. So I think a lot of people just sort of pushed off it until Monday. So I just thought it was just it's just the crazy amount of coverage that it's getting for you know, just because it's the Leafs. That's all. I
2: don't Well, it's not just because it's the Leafs. It's also because their defense is so thin that taking Morgan Riley out, you know, a pretty indispensable player for them, taking him out of the lineup for a period of five or more games, all of a sudden, I think their playoff position becomes in peril. Mm-hmm. And it kind of is already. Like, they're teetering on the edge with the wild card. They've got other hiccups in net. Uh, you know, they've got a lot of things to worry about and consider here. And it's, it's really the idea of keeping Morgan Riley on the ice yeah. that's of utmost paramount.
0: What do you think he gets?
2: I think he gets five. Okay. I think there's enough recent history with the David Perron suspension to have that serve as the precedent. And the reason why I would give him one less game is because David Perron – similar suspension history as well, which is nothing to speak of. Um, He got the wrong guy. Mm -hmm. It was clearly out of anger. Morgan Riley, similar kind of thing, out of anger, cross-check to the face, non-hockey play, meaning it's after the whistle. Um, That's where I think it lands.
0: Yeah, I I think it could be five. It could be even, I think, possibly four. I don't think he gets more than six, which a lot of people are calling for, but – as I'd you be said.
2: surprised. Yeah,
0: as you said, Frankie. But such it's
2: pretty a- rare to see a player that gets an in-person hearing offered to him, and it ends up being less than five,
0: mm-hmm.
2: which is what a phone hearing would be.
0: If he if he gets six, let's just just play hypothetically here. If he gets six and appeals, do you think it would get reduced?
2: No, and I I think we have enough recent history to suggest from Commissioner Gary Bettman, who hears the appeal first. And, and there's a whole separate topic. The appeal process is utterly broken mm-hmm. in the NHL. The fact that the commissioner is there to uphold what essentially is a decision by his own employee. Um, I, I think he probably upholds it. And more than that, speaking to how broken the system is, to then go to a neutral arbitrator and have it take so long do you know that the neutral arbitrator still hasn't ruled on David Perron's appeal from December?
0: <laughs> the whole system is just messed up. Like right from the DOPS to to, to the what you're just saying right there. It's, it's just it's crazy. Yeah.
2: And um I, I think this year, more than a lot of others, the Department of Player Safety has exhibited not just a a a clear inconsistency in its application of discipline, but I would take it a step further and say, not only that they appear to be running scared of an appeal Mm -hmm. and just look at the Brendan Gallagher hit there that, that should have been much longer than five games. And I think in comparison to this should be a, a longer suspension, even though these aren't apples to apples plays, it should be a longer suspension than whatever Morgan Riley gets. And by the way, just in case anyone's wondering, I, I mean, I am wearing a white hoodie today, but before anyone calls <laughs> me a snowflake, um, I, I actually love the slap shot from Ridley Greg. Yeah, well, I think it's fantastic. You You can do whatever you want. Just be prepared for someone to come after mm-hmm. you. And that doesn't necessarily mean you should get a cross check in the face. It just means that there should be some response from the Toronto Maple Leafs. And in fact, we'd be all over them today if they didn't, but using your stick is a no, no.
0: Yeah. I said that all day yesterday, Frank, I was fine with what Ridley, Greg, what he did. Uh, but I wish, you know, I liked the response from, from Riley. If he would have hammered him across, you know, the, the elbow or, you know, the shoulder lower, uh, you know, they're pro- there might've been a, actually maybe a quick line brawl or something like that. Um, and I'm not saying a total brawl, but there would have been a a, big, a lot more of a response with Greg down on the ice as opposed to what there was. That's what I would have thought well, happened.
2: I, I don't agree with the idea of, I think there was like a line going around yesterday on social media, make hockey violent again. Yeah. But we should make hockey spicy again. And hmm. and what Rid, Ridley Gregg did with the slap shot, like I'm all for it. Rivalry game your team's had a, a dreadful season where you've been way short on expectations. They can't handle the weight of of being a good team in Ottawa. <laughs> but if you take one down on a Saturday night against the team from the self-proclaimed center of the hockey universe, then you know what? Have a night. Go like do what you do whatever you want. Put the exclamation point on it. But don't be surprised when it's met with a, with retaliation.
0: Yeah, again, I had no problem with what he did with the slapper, and then just be ready to for something to happen after.
2: You can't you can't turtle.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, no, but be ready for something that happens after. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, double um, IHF. Frankie had some posts uh, this morning just regarding with what's happening with uh, Russia Belarus moving forward here.
2: Yeah, so the IHF Council met. Um, Overseas in Europe, and determined that they are not ready yet for Russia and Belarus to return to the world championship level, and that's not just men's worlds it's world juniors it's women's it's under eighteens any sort of championship level, the entire Russian and Belarusian federations they have been banned for this upcoming cycle which by the way includes the 2025 world juniors which would be held in ottawa uh, later this year so it, i think what's interesting to me is two parts of it um one that they've cited safety risks they said you know due to current safety risks they've determined that it's quote not yet safe to reincorporate russia and belarus so what we can glean from that is, one, not yet safe, means that that's obviously leaving the door open for Russia for the 2026 Olympics, which would be our first best-on-best best competition mm-hmm. since, well, the Olympics were held in Russia in 2014 in Sochi. But it also what – what struck me was the change in messaging from the double IHF. You know, they did say in 2022 when the war in Ukraine began – which, not adding anything politically, just fact, was an unprovoked attack. Um, they they said safety w- to their fans, players, and officials was was of paramount importance. But they also used way different language, saying the IIHF strongly condemns the use of military force. All of that's been gone. That has been wiped off the table in the latest statement from the Double IIHF. So it seems like their stance is softening. I think the big thing to watch that no one is going to say publicly uh, from those countries out of fear of retribution, but Finland, Sweden, and even Czechia to a large degree with Dominic Hashik and the statements that he's been making, you're going to have a hard time finding them in competition with Russia yeah. anytime soon on the international level. And it's a big reason why... Russia is not part of the 2025 Four Nations face off. Mm -hmm. Finland and Sweden said no go, not happening. As a neighbor of Russia, we're not having them participate so there's a lot to to navigate here on the geopolitical landscape
0: Ooh, tons for sure frank saravalli daily face off our headliner of the day on sports 1440 anyone moving up your trade target board on daily face off frank in particular with implications towards the oilers and maybe a name like jake gensel
2: yeah i don't think the pittsburgh penguins are there yet on jake gensel i mean Obviously, the Oilers are one of the teams that's tracking that. Um, one name that is moving up the board, in fact, wasn't on there. But I believe they were very close to finishing off a deal that somehow got nixed somewhere along the lines is Jacob Markstrom from the Calgary Flames. I think they, the Flames and the New Jersey Devils had a deal done in principle to bring Jacob Markstrom in last week. That somehow, again, for unknown reasons, got scuttled. And Markstrom wasn't on the board because with the term remaining on his deal, there was only so few places that would really sign up to make a trade like that. And for New Jersey, really needing the stability and net that they've been craving for the last few years, they haven't had it. And that that's sort of the one destination that made a lot of sense. I don't know if we'll see that in fact I don't think we'll see it revisited mm-hmm. but will another team step up now that you know Markstrom is very clearly in play certainly something to watch
0: And but Calgary's coming on too here and Markstrom you saw him last night he played great I was uh, you know a great game against the Rangers and Calgary's just they're inching closer to that second yeah, wild card spot too
2: That doesn't change anything for me I don't right. think it changes anything for the Flames when you're building for two to three years out, you can't be swayed by one 10-day period of time. Yeah. And I, I, I think long view in mind, they're pretty clear in terms of their thought process of we've already made a bunch of significant trades to Foley, Zadaroff, yeah. Lindholm in the last eight months. We're going to continue on with that process. And even if they're keeping Noah Hannafin, you know they've still got the premier rental defenseman available in Chris Tanev. They're in a pretty enviable spot to be in right now on the trade front.
0: What would you put a percentage on that Hannafin stays in Calgary, Frank? Thirty uh, percent. Thirty. So one out of three ballpark. And if he were to get traded, what kind of a haul would uh, Craig Conroy be looking at?
2: It's something like a first round pick plus a Grade A prospect, or a first and a second. Um, there's a couple recent examples that you can draw on in terms of setting market price. Gavrikov got a first last year from LA as a, you know, pending rental, also a left shot guy, different players. I think Hannafin is more impactful. Um, Philip Heronik, RFA under team control for two years. So not apples to apples. But they actually produce. If you look at their career history, at a very similar path, and in fact, with both players needing new contracts this summer, I'd be very surprised if Hannafin and Heronik uh, are going to be much different in terms of price and AAV and term. That Hannafin got a fir- or sorry, Heronik got a first and a second last year. Um, I think those are kind of the goalposts that Craig Conroy has to kick through if we're thinking field goal.
0: Mm, Yeah, and we both kind of believe that Hannafin will want to sign his next long-term deal in the Northeastern United States. Is there a possibility for a trade and sign coming up here in the next three weeks?
2: Yes, uh, I think it'd be in the Flames' best interest to allow that at the last possible moment Mm -hmm. to ensure that a deal gets done. And, And look, no one... I don't think anyone at this stage in the game is giving up significant assets like that for a player that they're just going to purely rent. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my guess is whoever is acquiring him is going to have some sort of knowledge that he's willing to sign. And and by the way, I don't know if it's just restricted to just the Northeastern U.S. I think mm-hmm. what he had stated to, to the Flames, at least last summer, was that he wanted to be in the U.S. period for his next long-term deal. Mm-hmm. The flirtation has obviously been there for him to stay in Calgary. He asked for a price. The flames hit it and he got cold feet. Now what happens?
0: All right, Frank, thanks a lot, big fella. We'll see you back here on Thursday. Enjoy uh, tonight's, tomorrow's games, and we'll uh, chat on Thursday. Thanks, bud.
2: Sounds good. Have a good one, Kevin. See That's
0: you. Frank Cervelli, the daily face-off and our headliner of the day for Mr. Rooter. There's a reason they call him. Mr., for all your plumbing needs, go to mrreuter.ca. When we come back, it's time to talk a little curling with the 2024 Alberta Boston Pizza Cup champion Aaron Sluchinski heading to Regina for the Briar. That's coming up right after the break on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. Man, that's just a great song. Aaron Goodman, he was in the studio about three months ago, ballpark. Came in here on his little tour through CFCW and was playing uh, in town, so he guested with us, talked. Big Nashville Predators fan and uh, hockey fan, so... I love that song. Uh, time now to uh, welcome in our next guest, Aaron Sluchinski, 2024 Alberta Boston Pizza Cup champion. Aaron, uh, welcome to Sports 1440. Thanks for uh, hopping on. Have you come down from this high yet?
3: Uh, no. Still, still riding it right now. <laughs>
0: oh,
3: It's such a great story,
0: Aaron. And, you know, I was texting you and phoning you yesterday, but you guys drove all the way from Hinton, that's where it was, where you, where you defeated Kevin Cooey in the final, drove all the way back to Calgary. What time did you get back? And then kind of just, uh, the party kind of started and kept going then.
3: Yeah, we got back around 1230 and, and my wife had some, some appies and champagne waiting for us. <laughs> and then we yeah, partied into, uh, Pretty much when the sun came up,
0: <laughs> and very well deserved. So, congrats on the win! Uh, first, before we get to the the final game against Kevin Cooey and what it meant to to win the, the provincial title for you, just to just explain to our viewers the makeup of your team, who's on it, how long you've been together, where everybody kind of came from.
3: Uh, we got our lead Dylan Webster, our second Care Drummond. Uh, those two guys I've played with for the last uh, seven years or so and then last year we added uh, third Jeremy Hardy and uh, coach Mickey Pendergast. And, uh, yeah, I played with Karen Doan for, yeah, six, seven years, and then uh, we wanted to take it more serious, so we, we added one of the, the other top skips mm-hmm. in the province to come in that third with us last year. How
0: much did Mickey uh, help when he came aboard as kind of a coach and just to oversee everything?
3: He's helped a lot. He's uh and of directed us with our team dynamics and got us focusing on all the right things and and he's uh he's played a lot of curling games, so he's got a lot of knowledge to share with us. Aaron Slachinski,
0: Provincial Men's Curling Champion, and I'm sure you can't hear that enough. Uh, Just your road to become a Provincial Champion, because you've been to to many, as we call them, tankards back in the day and BP Cups, so just your road to get to to this stage and where you are, Aaron, can you just describe that journey for you?
3: Yeah, so I won the the Junior uh, Provincials in 2008 and then mostly played casually, in the, the men's tour um, and played in 10 of these uh, Boston pizza cups over the years. And then last year decided to take it more serious and put in a, a lot of work with the, the guys. And, and this was our 11th crack at the, the BP cup. And we felt like we had a legit chance to win this one. So we, we had a good couple of seasons and played in some of the, the slam events on tour this year. And, and yeah, everything came together for us to to win just last week.
0: What was the defining moment for you, Aaron? At that point, where you were sort of, as you said, not curling uh, at that high, high competitive level, and to get back and and get to that level, was there a certain moment where you said, "You know what? Let's give this a run."
3: Uh, yeah, I yeah. I started playing some some mixed doubles a few years ago, and ended up playing against some of the the top curlers in the world, and. Felt like I could hold my own against them, so it kind of told me I should maybe, maybe try this thing out. And then uh, talked to Don and Kerr, who I'd been playing with for the last while, and they they agreed that they'd like to give it a go as well. So we figured out to bring on Jeremy and and have at it.
0: Aaron Sluchinski, our guest on Sports 1440, just won the Boston Pizza Cup Sunday afternoon in Hinton, and will represent Alberta at the Briar coming up in, well, I guess it's less about two two weeks or so, a little over two weeks in Regina, starting at the beginning of uh, March. So what did you make of the the whole event in Hinton? Were you sort of peaking as the event went on? Just kind of run us through your games in the A event and uh, only suffering the one loss uh, over the six games.
3: Yeah, we we struggled a little bit early uh finding our groove and getting used to the ice. The ice was super fast, so it took us a little bit to figure that out and uh so a little adversity early and then we just got a little better, little better each game and winning that 1-2 game against Cooey gave us a lot of confidence going into the final and then I don't know, there's a lot of nerves that that morning uh but the first end the our guys just came out throwing fireballs, so I was I was pretty <laughs> excited that we had a chance to win.
0: So that final game against Cooey, just explain how it went to, as far as you know how the how the game kind of you know unfolded, how it uh, just transpired, and let our listeners know kind of just uh, went went down in a Sunday afternoon there.
3: Yeah. So since we won the one-two game, we got to start with Hammer, which is it's always huge against those top teams, and and uh, we we played. Like a flawless first end, uh, made a run back for two and, and took a, took a two nothing lead. And then uh, an end or two later, Cooey tried a, a double and roll out and ended up jamming it and giving us a steal. And that, uh, when you go up three three nothing at this level, it's you usually have a pretty good shot at winning. And our guys were able to uh, just keep playing well and close out the, uh, the tournament.
0: How were you able to kind of nail it down? Because, you know, I think Cooey uh, picks up pick up the deuce and nine there to draw the game a lot a little closer. So, you know, the game's still in question going to 10, but just so how did you sort of nail it down, re- you know, just get your composure back and, and move forward?
3: Yeah, I mean, we're still up two with Hammer playing the last 10, so I like our chances. I just, I just need an open shot for the win, and uh, the guys were able to... Nah, there was no guards left when I went to throw, so as long as I can hit and stick in the reins, we're going to win the thing, and we were able to manage my shot down the ice and close it out. Mm-hmm.
0: Aaron Slichinski, uh Provincial Men's Curling Champion, with us on Sports 1440. So there will be some strong representation uh, for Alberta at the briar coming up in Regina. Can you just run down who's going to be there from Alberta?
3: Yeah, so uh, Team Botcher pre-qualified as they're one of the top teams, I mean, the top team in Canada, I guess, this year. So they're automatically in the event, and then Cooey ends up getting the, the last wild card spot. And uh, and then there's us, and Cooey's in our pool, and we actually have to face him the, the opening draw Friday <laughs> night at the Briar. So... Three games in a row against Kevin Cooley. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: hopefully you can keep it running. What do you think of the new, uh, I guess, well, it's going to be new for you, and it's the Montana's Briar. I keep wanting to say, well, for me, it was the Labat Briar. That's how far I go back. Uh, and, <laughs> you know, to be honest with you, Aaron, the Briar in Regina was the first one I ever covered in my career in 91 or 92. So now, And Kevin Martin was there at that Briar, Danny Petrick and, and uh, Dan Bartlett, uh, he he had a great, great rink, and Vic Peters, I think, won it that year. Just, uh, but when when you look at going into this and being your first briar, are you going to be nervous? What's it going to be like? I mean, this is going to be the biggest stage that you've probably curled on.
3: Yeah, uh, I've always wanted to play in a briar. It's It's the biggest curling event on the planet by a mile. So I just... We're excited to get there and just take in the whole experience. I mean, there's probably going to be some nerves, but once you get out there and get used to it, it's. I think it's just going to feel great.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you like the formats changed so much with the wildcard teams and the addition, you know, there's the the two pools, I guess, if you want to call it that, instead of just the one massive one. What do you think of that?
3: Um, I think they're doing the best they can with 18-team uh, field. I mean, there's been lots of push from the competitive curlers to make put more of the top Canadian teams in it. Mm-hmm. So when you have 18 teams, you can't do a full round robin. That's too many. But uh, I don't mind the format. It still gets a lot of good games and good rivalries between between the provinces. So I, I don't mind it. What about the rest of the
0: field? I'm sure over the course of you know uh, world curling tour, uh, tour events and things like that, you've probably played everybody in this field.
3: Yeah, yeah, I think we have. So, I mean, if we can play like we did against kui in the final, I I like our chances to at least uh, compete with anyone here.
0: Who do you like, like as far as, is there a certain province, I guess? For me, again, it's different because of the provinces are with the wild cards and things like that. Is there a certain team that you're kind of looking forward to playing, though, besides Cooley?
3: Uh It's always fun to play against Tagushu. Uh, He's mm-hmm. definitely got the best the biggest following in curling. So we've played against them in uh, two out of our three slams this year. And you always get a good crowd when you play against Gushu. So that's going to be, that's going to be a fun one for us.
0: I was thinking too, it's kind of odd that I see Mike McEwen out of Saskatchewan because, you know, he's been a Manitoba guy for so many years and, and, and well, Ontario too. So what do you think about guys kind of hopping around province to province here?
3: Um, I think it's it's got to be done to uh, compete with the rest of the world. You like Canada's starting to fall behind a little bit with uh, all the other countries make super teams and stuff. So if we want to compete with the rest of the world, it's it's got to be done.
0: I see out in Ontario, uh, Glenn Howard will be will be back. I think what is this his eighty seventh Briar or what is it?
3: <laughs> it's got to be <laughs> something like that.
0: <laughs> it's just amazing. He just keeps going and going.
3: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think his, uh, his knee's got to be hurting a little bit. <laughs> so what's Team
0: Sluchinski do here in the next uh, couple of weeks, Aaron, as far as just to make sure you're prepared and getting ready to go for Regina on uh, March 1st?
3: Oh, There's a ton of housekeeping items in, like, yesterday and today and tomorrow probably, lots of booking this and booking that and doing a bunch of paperwork. And then uh, we got a team meeting scheduled for Thursday night to kind of go over practice schedule and, and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. just want to be as prepared as we can going into the event.
0: Well, Aaron, we wish you all the, the very best of luck to, to you and, and Jeremy and Kerr and, and Dylan and Coach Mickey. So, uh, you know, you'll do Alberta proud, I'm sure. So thanks for c- coming on today. And uh, hopefully you have a, a great briar in Regina on uh, March 1st. Thanks for coming on.
3: Yeah, thanks a lot for having me,
0: Kevin. Yeah, that's Aaron Slichinski, 2024 Alberta men's curling champion, winning the Boston Pizza Cup uh, on Sunday in Hinton over Kevin Cooey. And, man, there's some you, – you got Brad Gushu, you've got Slichinski, you've got Brendan Botcher, you've got Kevin Cooey, uh, Schneider Rink out of B.C., Reed Carruthers in Manitoba. Dunstone out of Manitoba. Matt Dunstone. The teams out east are, are solid as well. James Gratton always brings it as well. Uh, Newfoundland Labrador, don't know too much about uh, that rink, but uh, <laughs> Kevin Cooey's brother, Jamie, once again, will be there with from the Northwest Territories. Uh, Team Ontario, I'm just looking at that now. Scott Howard's the skip, so that's Glenn Howard's son. That's how much we've come down. Glenn Howard, I we'll have to figure that out, Duke. It's got to be 20 Briars. It's got to be close. Yeah, in my lifetime alone. <laughs> Mike McEwen's got Colton Flash at third. So, you know the last time when the Saskatchewan's won a Briars, 1980 Ricky Folk won it and uh you can just bet people in Regina would if they if Mike McEwen's Saskatchewan rink even got to the playoffs here like in the sense to get to mm-hmm. the system it's it's different I mean, that province would go bananas.
2: There's been some great teams uh, out of Saskatchewan over the years and the fact that it has, <laughs> that, that well, drought's extended this long. But the problem is, like, as good as you play, you've got whoever's coming out oh. of Alberta. There's been three uh, of the best all-time between Cooey, Martin, and Furby over the past 30-plus yeah. years, uh, not to mention uh, Howard, Gooshu. Like I said, so many of those names you mentioned, they, they've they dominated for a long time now. Oh. Brad Jacobs uh, coming out of retirement to play third this year. Um, he skipped that Northern Ontario team for, to a couple championships. Like it's the the skill level and the talent of these curlers across the country is better than ever. And like we talked about it um, with KUI last week, even the talent across the world is getting better. So mm-hmm. it's uh, when whoever our Canadian champion ends up being, it's no sure thing they take home gold of the worlds anymore. It's, thing, it's
0: tough. Yeah. The thing is that there is, there's it's such, it's so top heavy with the two pools and you've got like the three wildcard teams are as good as anyone. Obviously they're, they're the top teams. So it's tougher. It's bottom heavy, uh, top heavy, and the games at the beginning of the week. It takes a while because there's so many games that are not meaningless. But you're playing the territories. You're playing, you know, none of it and things like that. They're just not at that level. So uh, that starts at the beginning of March in Regina. Top of the hour, we will have uh, Grand Fuhrer, Our co-host from 9 to 11, the former Edmonton Oiler and Hall of Famer, Matt Laughlin, doubles play-by-play man. will be uh, with Grant and I at 9.20. And then at uh, 10 o'clock, Jason Zubak, world long drive champion, will guest with us to talk a little bit of golf, probably some hockey, a little bit of everything. And I'm sure he's got a lot of questions for Grant. I'm sure Grant has a lot of questions for Jason. That's coming up at uh, 10 o'clock. Before that, time now for a Sports 1440 update brought to you by Tommy Guns. Our unique lounges and casual setting makes it easy for anyone to Rock a new look and get the best hot towel shave experience in Canada, hands down. Book now at TommyGuns.com. Here is The Duke.